You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Anxiety. We all experience it a little bit differently. Find out more about your anxiety style with our guest today, Amber Trueblood. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Anxiety. Whether your own or your child's, it can interfere with living a full life. We all experience anxiety a little differently and maybe a little differently depending on the day and the circumstances. Have you ever wondered, though, what your anxiety style is? Because when you know, you'll be better equipped to understand your own emotional triggers, celebrate your superpowers, uncover any contributing factors, and release any faulty beliefs you may have. Our guest today is the author of The Unflustered Mom, How Understanding the Five Anxiety Styles Transforms the Way We Partner, Parent, Live, and Love. Amber Trueblood is a therapist. She's the mom of four boys, and she illuminates how to turn our fluster into flourish. I love the sounds of that, Amber. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and uh, talk all things anxiety and hopefully share some practical, realistic strategies with moms that they can use. We love that. We love that. And I'm guessing anything you share that we can use as moms, we can help our children with their own anxiety. So I always wonder, you know, what led you to this book? Oh, unflustered mom of four boys. (laughs) (laughs) All I know of Amber so far is I, I've seen her, we're looking at her on Zoom. I know she's written this book. I know she has four boys. I guarantee that she has not always been an unflustered mom because she has four boys. Exactly. That's why I wrote the book, right? Like you write the books that you wish you had had at some point in your life. I I do believe that. And I've always loved books and I've always sought out books as a way to find answers and insights and learn and grow. And so when I was kind of in the weeds with my four boys, you know, you're in different types of weeds as they get older, right? <laughs> Just change. Right. And tell bit. us what tell us what ages your four boys are. We know Jen's are 17 and up. What age so, and stage are you in? Right. Amber? So mine right now are 10, 12, 14, and 15. And then right. we'll just go up from there. 17, 20, there we go. 22, 25. So we've got everything from 10 up. 
Exactly. We've got everything covered. And you're right. You know, I was very flustered and lost and isolated and confused and angry and resentful and all of those things. And the books that I read at the time were interesting, but they didn't feel like it applied to my life. It didn't feel like things that I could use on a daily basis or something would work with one child, but not with another and, or it wouldn't really help me, but it might be something that would help a friend of mine because they just had a different lifestyle or slightly different values or different um, personalities. And so I really sought out to learn as much as I could and then find the tools that were working, trial them, tweak them, switch them up a little bit. And then create a framework then that people could understand so that they could, because look, you know, anxiety, exactly like you were saying, Janet, at the beginning is not one size fits all. It doesn't look the same for everybody. What you're triggered by emotionally is going to be different than what Jennifer might be triggered by emotionally. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what you do when you're feeling anxious, right. How you respond. So you might get really busy and throw yourself into your work. Right. And like not even stop to eat or connect with people. And I mean, I don't know you too. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing an example out there, but you know, and Jennifer, you might do the opposite, throw yourself into friends and family and break out the ice cream as soon as everybody goes to bed or something like that. <laughs> I'm a lot more of a, just totally withdraw and do nothing person. Got it. So we all respond differently. So when we know, oh, this is how I behave when I'm being triggered. This, these are the types of situations that are likely to make me feel less than safe emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. Then it follows that what's going to help you, Janet, is going to be different than what's going to help you, Jennifer. So mm -hmm. I wanted to allow a, a framework for people to kind of help understand themselves a little bit better. And because of that, then I believe they're more likely to find the tools and apply the tools that are going to be helpful. Because mm -hmm. when you apply tools that are helpful for somebody else, not only does it not help, but then you feel like, well, that failed. What's wrong yeah. with me? What's you know? wrong with me? Yeah. 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 And, that, and that doesn't serve anybody. So I want to really help people feel empowered so that they know themselves really well and then they can communicate to the people who care about them, hey, this is how I need to be supported and loved, especially when I'm feeling flustered and overwhelmed. Your book is based on these five anxiety styles. And what I loved, because I went to your website and I downloaded your PDF and in there was a little bit of like, take the flourish quiz. Yes. So you get to take a quiz, listeners, and find out what your anxiety style is. That was fun. And people always ask me too, like, does it change or is, can it be different in different times of your lives? And, you know, it really is more like a, like a fundamental personality style. So it should stay relatively constant. However, two things, if you have a traumatic event or something like that, you know, you might have one that's dominant and one that's like more secondary. Mm -hmm. Also, I've had people ask me like, well, does this apply to our kids? And I always say like, I, I don't want to label kids really early on with anything. You know, if as you're reading the book, you say, oh, wow, you know, my 10 year old sounds a lot like an executive. If the strategies in that chapter are helpful to your 10 year old, great, use them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? But we don't need to necessarily like stick to that because it could change. They're still developing. Exactly. Yeah. Janet. So I know you took the quiz. What are you? 
<laughs> I am the executive mom. Oh, so let's start there and and go through the five because I know our listeners are like, what are the what styles? Are what are they? So let's start with the executive mom. I'll name them all first. <laughs> They're the lover, the fighter, the executive, the visionary, and the dynamo. Guess which one I am, Janet. I will tell you after Amber describes okay. the okay. um okay. The- That's a good idea. Each of these, just so everybody knows, because I won't go into so much detail on each one, but for each anxiety style, they have different emotional triggers. They're different contributing factors, right? Different things that led in your life to this type of anxiety. They have different superhero traits. So this is not all negative. This is also really the way you flourish and develop. And depending on how aware you are, right? And how much you've developed this kind of self self love coming from this state of acceptance then it's also where you flourish and you develop certain traits and qualities and characteristics that are amazing and will always be part of you mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. because they're so second nature we often tend to like not even acknowledge them right so i really want people to also acknowledge where does this style serve you And let's stop and celebrate that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Not everybody is as loyal as you or is, or is perceptive of other people's emotions or is as organized and, and dependable, you know, everybody has their different superhero qualities. So let's, let's enjoy those and really amplify and appreciate and acknowledge. And then each of them has like a lifelong lesson as well. And this is, this is a deeper thing of like what we're striving for. Right. And then of course they all have practical strategies as I am obsessed with providing people tools that really can work for your life. So, and I break them down in kind of two categories. I talk about preventative strategies. So for each chapter that talks about a style, I say, Hey, here's what I recommend you do a couple times a day. And this is, you know, maybe like a simple breathing thing or a mantra. So or almost a, like a tailored self-care to yes. sort of try and uh, to work with yourself and take care of yourself. Exactly. So each one has like, here's what I recommend you do once a day, once a week, and then once a year. And then I have a whole chapter that's just about in the moment strategies. And that's where you say, uh, I literally have one minute to like shift <laughs> My, my mood here and focus because I'm about to walk into this meeting or this classroom or I'm or dinner with my family and I'm all flustered over here just spiraling about whatever just happened. And so what do you do if you have one minute? What can you do if you have 10 minutes? And what do you do if you have 30 minutes? And then I walk people through how to how to choose those for yourself. There's yeah. the menu just to show like even though I'm talking about a few, it goes in obviously into much more detail in the book. And I also have the book on Audible. So if you're like, oh, it sounds interesting, but I don't really like to read mm-hmm. books, it's on Audible as well. Okay, so we'll start with executives. So executives tend to be people who are are driven at their core by their need to feel emotionally safe in their life. And they do this by control and planning and organizing and looking ahead and be very, tend to be more logical and rational like tend to make decisions more from their mind and thinking forward than kind of gut or instinct or in the moment kind of visceral decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, They tend to be, like I said, more forward facing than maybe thinking about the past or thinking or being in the present moment. 
So Mm. some of the styles are really good at being like right here in the present moment, you know, tuned in, connected. And other people like myself, I'm a dynamo, are just like up here, like almost like watching the thing and then planning the next thing. And so the strategies that I talk about for executives are about checking in. Maybe you are more emotionally safe and you can let go of a little bit of that control and things will be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And so some of the strategies I have for executives are things like being playful, finding times in your week to get physically silly and playful, do something that doesn't have a right way or a wrong way is a little bit out of your comfort zone. It's benefits are twofold. It kind of helps you to release maybe some of those feelings of like, well, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? Right. If I let go, then just all heck will break loose, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's too scary. It's not worth the risk. I'm not going to do it. So it helps kind of test that a little bit. And it also helps other people see this kind of less serious side of you, this more playful side of you and help connect. Like I've, I've had my kids say before, I don't remember what it was. I like, you know, was being silly and like ran across the house and they literally said, I didn't know you could run, mom. <laughs> I was like, I can run. I just choose not to run. Right. I love it. I don't like running. Uh-oh. I would rather not run. It sounds like having a one-year-old grandson is a glorious thing for you. Mm. Oh, my executive friend, Janet. <laughs> totally. How about that? Talk about playful. He's 15 months now and we giggle all the time. Oh. It's so much fun. Yeah. So that's yeah. not only fun for you, but for your anxiety style, it's going to have, it's going to amplify the benefits for you. And then with pets at home, getting down on the floor, playing with your pets, throwing, you know, like just getting physical where it's not like, oh, I'm in a class and I'm mm-hmm. doing exercises and this is how it's right. And it's wrong. Or, you know, so dancing is yeah. fine, but um, I mean, I love dancing, but the unstructured stuff, the yeah. more playful mm-hmm. and loose. And so those are the types of strategies that, that I recommend for people who are executives, right? Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I talk a lot in the book about one anxiety style communicating with another and mm-hmm. kind of, hey, the, here are the areas where you, where you kind of see the same, you see it the same way. And mm-hmm. here are areas where you don't. And so how can you communicate really compassionately and effectively with those people in your life so that they realize I'll move into the lover to get this example. So lovers are people who are really driven by their, not only their relationships with the people that they care about, but wanting and needing to feel loved, to feel wanted, to perceive others as wanting them around, right? I want to feel appreciated by you. I want to feel like you want to spend time with me. And so that can be tricky because if I come home, so say, Janet, you have a work project and and I'm your partner and you say, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be late tonight. I'm working on this project. I'll be home like, you know, eight ish in my mind as a lover who maybe hasn't really fully, you know, kind of processed that and, and worked through those things. I might immediately say, okay, well, Janet, 
doesn't want to spend time with me mm-hmm. or what's she going to do for dinner then? Is she, is she eating with Jennifer and they don't, they don't want to invite me or is she just kind of sick of me? She needs a break. You know, my brain is going to all of these not so helpful, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Assumptions. And so what I'll recommend for executives and lovers together is if you said, Janet, if you said to me, Hey, I, I have two more podcasts I have to edit. And I just like, I just want to get them off my plate and done. It's probably going to take me another 90 minutes. How about when I get home, we order some Indian food and we pop on an episode of, you know, Bridgerton. How does that sound? Then for the lover, I know a little bit more detail about why, why you're going to be late. I know Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with me. Why I don't know that, but I have, I'm a little bit more compelled to believe it now. (laughs) Right. And she just made a date with me. She just told me she wants to connect with me later. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those she conveyed that. So those two things, a little bit more detail and then a, a kind of a commitment to connect yeah. in person in the future. And then mm-hmm. that will help belay my, my kind of fears. And then when you come home, instead of saying, so like, what were you working on? Like, were there other people there with you? Did you, did you, you know, did you guys go for a drink afterwards? You know, instead of these types of questions, <laughs> it's how did those two episodes go? Do you feel good about I mean, it yeah. could go this way. Ideally, you yeah. know, do you feel good about the editing? Like I already got the food ready. I ordered your favorite and like, do you need a minute or should we hop in? You know? Yeah. That's- I feel so much less anxious just in this scenario. This is great. This it's is so great. different. Yeah. I it's feel so like different. everybody listening right now is trying to figure out, I mean, we only know two so far. They're like, is that my partner? Is that me? So let's keep going. (laughs) Okay, great. So, and for lovers, it's, you know, their life lesson. I'll just give different examples for each one. So for lovers, their life lesson is how do I shift so that my self-worth and my feelings of value as a human are not dependent on what I think you feel about me and how I think you feel about me and how I think you might feel about me. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, I don't ever really know how anybody feels about me, right? So it's just my own perception. Mm-hmm. So if if my self-worth and self-value comes from how I think other people might feel about me today, holy macro, like that's exhausting. Yeah. That's exhausting. So how do I shift more toward an internal validation of self-love and worth coming from within and know that no matter who cancels on me, who looks at me weird at the pickup line, who I hear, I think they said something mean about me. How do I keep my level of, you know, integrity and, and really feeling secure and safe in my own being, right? So that mm-hmm. I feel valued as a human, regardless of yeah. what I perceive other people might think of me. So that's like, that's like my big life lesson as a lover. I like mm-hmm. that you phrase that as a life lesson. It's like a life project. Yeah, this it is does not, not a thing overnight. that you, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a month. It doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't yeah. happen in a year. Right. You make steps and it's the kind of thing that we're all working on. We're all yeah, learning yeah. to live with our own brains, our own bodies and yeah. do the and best that's why- we have. So for instance, one of the strategies I have for lovers is to have a little box or a basket next to your bed where you have little post-its or you can just tear up copy paper 
And every night I want you to write one little tiny thing that you love or appreciate or admire or respect about yourself from to you, you to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Then, but you keep it somewhere where you can mm-hmm. see it and you see it fill up. And then when you start having those spiraling thoughts of self-worth and self-doubt or questioning your self-worth rather, then you pop into the box and you read three of them to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, I mean, you can take it to the next level. You can read them out loud. You can read them to yourself in the mirror and look at yourself. I mean, there's all kinds yeah. of ways you can make it, you know, really, really mm-hmm. hit home. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on how, you know, a lot of people have trauma in their childhood. So depending on how, it, you know, if that's really rough for you, you know, just be gentle with yourself about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Go slow. Yeah. And easy. Go slow. We are going to take a brief pause for these messages from our sponsors. And when we come back, more anxiety styles. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is, deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, Increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. 
Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. Okay, the fighter mom. So the fighters are really interesting. I'm glad you chose fighter right after lover because there's some ways that they're very similar and then there's some ways that they're very different. So fighters see themselves as survivors, as protectors, right? When there is a challenge, when there is a bullying situation, when there's an unfairness in the world, right? When something's happening that is unjust, that is just not okay, they will tend to feel compelled to move toward it, right? To get involved. So I always say, you might know you're a fighter if people your entire life have been telling you, Jennifer, why are you even getting involved in that? Has doesn't have anything to do with you. Like, why, why are you mm-hmm. over there with that? Like, don't you have enough on your plate over here? Like, why are you jumping into that? They also tend to be much, much more comfortable in the chaos, in the challenge than when things are kind of quiet and mm-hmm. okay and going smoothly. That can feel very, very uncomfortable. Like, I'd rather know what's going to happen. Just give me the bad news. Then like everything's going fine and happy. So they tend to have a lot of financial ups and downs, relationships, very chaotic, going really, really well, and then just like busting up. And so for fighters, it's this balance between learning how to become a little bit more conscious in your choices to get involved in different fights, Mm -hmm. because a lifetime of that, if you're kind of an unaware fighter, can be very draining and exhausting. Yeah. And so my question to you as fighters is, if you're exhausted, if you are seeking some calm and some ease and just like, I'm, I'm when, when am I going to get my turn to just be in a healthy relationship or just like always have money in my bank account and not be stressed about money anymore or not have like my car break down. And then as soon as my car is okay, then I twist my ankle. Like it's always effing something. If you're telling yourself that, if you find yourself saying those words to yourself often and you really mean it, there are things you can do to start saying, okay, I feel compelled to jump into that situation. Let me ask myself first, do I want to skip this fight? Do I have the bandwidth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then also, how do I slowly become more and more comfortable in the calm, in the ease in the -hmm. the joy of things. Now you're always going to be feisty, like some, uh, you know, some people's lives, an ideal lover's life might feel really boring Mm -hmm. to a fighter, right? So how can they then add things to their life that kind of satisfy that challenge feeling, but that are healthy, right? Yeah, sure. You could probably think of examples right now. Go rock climbing. 
go rock climbing, right? <laughs> oh, good one. There, just take up a new sport, right? Take yeah. up a new hobby, plan a trip to a place that you don't know anything about, right? You don't, you don't know anybody there and you don't speak the language, you know, and give yourself a challenge that aligns with something. So it feels both like scary, you know, it, it addresses that kind of feeling that kind of fighter I'm up against a challenge, but it's in a much more healthy way mm -hmm. than drawing strange, um, conflict that might sabotage or hurt parts of your life that are really important to you that you actually don't want to blow up. I feel mm -hmm. like I have seen fighters in my life spend so much time on all these issues that are important to them and people that they care about that they feel a little drained because they're not spending any time on themselves. And sure. yet it's sort of, you can see them seeking out all of that because it's almost like keep, then they don't have to deal with their stuff. Well, I would say this too. So fighters often and sometimes there's, there can be a lot of trauma. So at some level fighters, you know, absorbed this lesson, which was people weren't there to protect me yes. in a way that felt safe. And so I learned to protect myself mm -hmm. and I don't trust other people to do it for me because that was a mistake. Right. So I now protect myself and I will go out there and protect anybody I will else protect because everybody. I don't want anybody to ever have to feel the way I felt. Yeah. And it makes me want to cry just saying it yeah. because it's deep. It hits hard for people. And yeah. so, you know, so some of the strategies I have for fighters are things like inner child meditation, some kind of reparenting things showing you totally did not deserve that. Yes. You deserved mm -hmm. to have somebody who made you feel safe and protected you mm -hmm. from things. And mm -hmm. that's not okay. And how do we move through that now as an adult? And, and I do want to say that please don't do this type of process alone. If you have had a lot of trauma and had, don't have a lot of support yeah. in going through, this is not a like DIY type of activity yeah. for fighters. So mm -hmm. please, please, you know, seek trusted really good support if you either know already that that there's going to be some trauma coming up here or if you start to feel realize some things that maybe weren't conscious before mm -hmm. thank you for that yeah thank you okay visionary or dynamo what should we do next amber let's do visionary let's do okay visionary. so for visionaries they're all about the making an impact in the world right there's this deep visceral drive this feeling of like, I'm meant to do something big. Like I'm here for big reasons. And what can cause anxiety for visionaries is either I, I have this deep urge, but like nobody around me gets it. You know, they don't get it. They're like, Oh, you have all these boys at home. Just enjoy them. They're going to grow up so fast. Da, 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 da. Like you can do that later not the best thing to tell a visionary, right? They're not going to feel understood. Also, what can cause anxiety is I have this feeling, but I, I don't know what that is now. I, I can't put a finger on how I want to make a difference or what that looks like. And that's really frustrating to me, or I know what it is, but I don't have this. I don't have the bandwidth. I already have so many other responsibilities. I'm taking care of my aging parents. They're getting more and more sick. The kids are now getting more and more busy. And then I, I'm trying to make money. I have my own business. Where is there even time or space or bandwidth to 
achieve this kind of really deeper drive that I have. Mm -hmm. So the strategies around visionaries are, you know, a lot of them have to do with how can I feel like I'm moving toward that goal and also enjoy the process along the way. So it's not like all or nothing, because that's not realistic. I can't drop everything now and only go after this, Mm -hmm. nor is that maybe going to serve me in the long run either. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I do appreciate my relationships and what I have in my life. Now, I don't really want to let all of that go and only go after this dream, but it's a little unbalanced now, probably. Mm-hmm. So anxiety can come from that feeling of unbalance and, and how do I really enjoy the journey along the way and feel like I'm making progress toward living a life that feels really fulfilling to me, which means making this big, cool impact on the world. Dynamo. Let's just get that one in there. And then I'll, okay. I'll, I'll make my best guess of what oh my, my podcast co-host mom Perfect. is. Okay. So dynamos are all about achievement, recognition, respect. So those are words that are like, will perk up a dynamo's ears, right? So they tend to be doers. You might know you're a dynamo if you have a to-do list every day, because of course you would. And you will add things to your to-do list that you've already done just so that you can feel that added satisfaction of checking it off again. (laughs) I see a smile. So sometimes that means I hit the mark. My smile means that's freaking crazy. I do not understand you people that do that. That's what my (laughs) smile means. I do that. I love writing it down and checking it off, even if I've already done it. It's great. It's so funny. It's so funny. These podcasts that there's a reason everybody. Yeah. There's a reason why we do this together and do this well together because we're not the same person because we do things differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. To come from totally different perspectives. And that's beautiful. So I guess I just outed myself as not a dynamo, didn't I? I took one off your off your list, Janet. Yeah. I already have you pegged, Jen. All right. But let's keep going. going. (laughs) Okay. Let's keep going. So dynamos are about taking action, about doing, about thinking, about planning, going, 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 right? So a lot of the strategies I have for dynamos are around slowing down, tuning into the present moment. You're always going to want to achieve because that's in your nature. That's what fuels you emotionally. And that's fabulous. And let's celebrate the traits and characteristics that have developed as a result of that kind of inner urge to achieve. And let's know, and here's where we go to the life lesson for a dynamo. You're already enough. You don't have to prove your worth mm. through your actions and your achievements. You, you can keep achieving. You could totally keep achieving, but that doesn't mean you're any more worthy of love, of attention, of affection, of respect. You already, you already are. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a tough one to take in for dynamos. Like, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I know it up here, but I don't really feel it here <laughs> yet. So how do I begin to tune into the present moment, really connect with what I'm doing now, celebrate my path. This is man, this is so tough for me. Celebrate what you just finished achieving. Like what, let's stop before you immediately. So dynamos will achieve a goal. They'll set a goal. They'll work like hell to finish it. They'll achieve it. And then they'll immediately go set the next goal. Like without mm-hmm. even taking a breath to say, wow, 
look at what I just achieved. Yeah. How cool is that? Maybe I'll share it with some people. So, you know, I have strategies that I use myself. I have a friend on WhatsApp and she's a dynamo as well. She's not a mom. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we each share three either wins or things we want to celebrate, things we're proud of or things we want to celebrate every single night. And we share that message on WhatsApp. And there are times when I literally, I'll, I'll go, you know, I'll go to my phone and I'll think, well, I can't think of it. I don't think there's anything for today. You know, <laughs> stop for right. a moment. <laughs> and I did this yesterday. I left the message and then I put my phone on airplane mode. I got ready for bed and I thought, oh my God, I just forgot a huge one. I just got, <laughs> I just got the okay, like the thumbs up from my publisher that they want the Unflustered Mom to be a series. So it's going to be the unflustered teen, the unflustered family, the unflustered millennial. (laughs) That's, that's kind of big dynamo. Jeez. (laughs) It's what I've, I've wanted for. I've had mantras on. It's been my manifestation. It's been like, and I forgot to mention it. Like what? (laughs) I can see how, especially parenting, right? You're parenting four boys. And you're focused on, you know, as a dynamo, you're focused on to do's and getting things done and recognition and achievement. And none of those things are inherent in parenting. Correct. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to, it's hard to spot and give yourself credit for wins or achievement when your whole day sometimes feels like I've run around all day and didn't do anything. Everybody's still alive. Okay. Like that's an accomplishment. That That is a huge win. It doesn't feel like it though. It doesn't. Especially when it's the same one every day. Right. Like, and I kept them alive again. (laughs) Sometimes that's all you got, Amber. Sometimes that's it. And other days you get, my book is becoming a series. So that is a big, big, big one. And I'm glad you remembered it. And I'm glad that you took the time last night to, to recognize that. And I'm glad that you shared that with us too, because Mm -hmm. I get the sense that that's not always an easy thing for a dynamo either. It's not, it's not. So thank you. I'm blushing. Yes, we see your sweet cheeks <laughs> blushing. All right, Janet. What's well, I quick break for these messages from our sponsors. When we come back, Janet will make her best guess about Jen's anxiety style. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat, and whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above. You need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing 
how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me. So I'm 51. She's 41. And she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, Increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. I think you're a visionary. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> she has nice. literally heard me say so many times, you know, I've got all this I want to do, but then I've got this and I've got the paying work and then I've got my kids and then I've got my parents. Like she has. Yes, exactly. You know how, you else? know how else I knew it was mine. I mean, I, I took the quiz, so that's what it said. But then when you were describing it, Amber, when you were um, discussing some of the strategies, right? Mm hmm. I feel the most internal resistance when it's things that are, you know, th- it, it's touching on my stuff, right? So it's easier for me to hear the strategies that an executive should do or a dynamo should do. I'm like, well, yes, absolutely. Yes, that's what they need to do. And then it's for me and I can feel myself going, well, I don't know. That's not going to, no, that's just not going to work that way. <laughs> and so I know that you're touching on something very real mm-hmm. in me. And usually, you know, those things can be uncomfortable, but those, yep, those are the things I have to work on. Those are the, those are the points where I can make progress. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. I was doing a book talk a couple of weeks ago and somebody who's, she's, she was there and she's also been a private client of mine. So I know her fairly well and she's a visionary. And when we were working together, she was just like making so much progress and she was building her, her business, like launching a business that she had had in her mind for 10 years and not taken action on. 
And so we got, you know, we got her through that and, and launched it and, but it was stuck again. So we had a, a chat just like briefly. And I realized another thing about visionaries is the first iteration has to be it. Mm. Like the first iteration has to be the right one because, and it makes yeah, sense. You You've know. been thinking about it for so long. It means yeah. so much to you. You're not just going to throw it out there. Like I get that. And so I thought, oh, okay, okay, okay. We need more strategies. Her area is not writing, it's um, products. But I said, I should just say, it's like these beautiful yoga bags that she designs and they're gorgeous. Um, and I, I sent her all these things because when I started writing, the first thing I did was read a bunch of books by writers about their writing process. Mm -hmm. And all of them will say, they like, um, can I curse? I know I cursed a little bit. Oh here. gosh. Yes. But, okay. So Anne Lamont talks about the shitty first draft. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. You yes. have, you have to make a shitty first draft. It will be shitty. We all agree. And not only is that okay, but that's like a necessary part of the process. And yet being a visionary my whole life and a professional writer for 20 years, I still hate that part right. of the progress. Super uncomfortable. So bad. Not only do I hate it every time I think it doesn't have to go that way. <laughs> I'm still fighting with it. <laughs> and I do like, sometimes we can look at it like, well, we have the, the creative, you know, messy side of the writing process. And then we have the editor brain. Mm. And if you try to write with both of those simultaneously, it just doesn't happen. And so I was telling her, you know, the same can apply when you're making a product. Like sure. if you're trying to make it perfect and you're doing it the first time, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know that that's physically possible of getting it perfect when you don't even know, you don't even know yet. So there's something there about shifting this expectation of perfection from the get-go, because if that's holding you back, then I want to blast that away because the most frustrating things for visionaries is not making, not making progress. So if the very thing that makes you a visionary also holds you back from making progress, oh my gosh. Listeners, I wish you could see the look on Jen's face right now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And Janet, you know some of this. I have been working on getting my Building Boys website updated for the better part of a year. It has utterly and completely stalled. It is on me. I need to write some copy about me, about myself. I write copy for other people's websites much, much, much easier. I have had time, Janet, I have finally had time to work on this. Ask me how absolutely little I have gotten done. Mm -hmm. And it is exactly what you're saying, Amber. That's exactly it. And I'm still stuck there, but hopefully this will be helpful. Can I ask you this, Jennifer? And this is just for my own research to help other people as well is, is it helpful to hear this or not? So we had a, a nonprofit launch and the website at first looked awful. And one of the people on our advisory board who was very, you know, experienced said, this is the worst it's ever going to look. And for me, that was like, mm. oh, true, <laughs> true. This is the worst it's ever going to look. It's never going to work. It's never going to yeah, be yeah. worse than this. Yeah. And that helped me let go a little mm -hmm. bit because I was like, we can't show people this. Yeah, I already see 12 things I would change. How can I show people this when I already know there's 12 things yeah. 
that I would want to change. And when he said that, I was able to say, oh, you're right. Okay. If I can handle this and know it's never going to be worse, there was something freeing in that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that helpful at all? Yeah, I think it is. It's something that I'll be thinking about. And it resonates. I have been reading Dr. Lisa Damore's book, The Emotional Lives of Teenagers, because we're going to have her on the podcast soon. Yeah. And one of the things she talked about working with a a teenage client, because this is the focus of the book, was it can be helpful sometimes for, for teenagers. Like anxiety is often fear, right? Let's look at it head on. Worst case scenario, this thing happens. Okay. It happens. What would you do in that circumstance? And usually there is an answer to that. You know, it it really usually isn't, well, I guess my heart just stops beating and I will drop dead and that will be the end of it. Like, no, there's usually something. And sometimes she was saying, looking at it head on helps you go, okay, I guess that is tolerable. Like, yeah, I I guess we can make the website better than after this Mm -hmm. first one. Right. I remember Marie Forleo has a book called the unfigure outable. What it, do you guys know this book? Oh my uh-uh. gosh. I'm sorry, Marie. I just, it'll come back. But in it, she talks about public speaking. And when I was coming out with my first book, I said, okay, I've got to, you know, I'm going to be speaking about it to people. And so I had a lot of people say, okay, well you should, there are the things called Toastmasters groups and you go and you go sit in like a church basement and you do these two minute talks. And I remember my mom doing Toastmasters when I was little, you know, And I, as a dynamo, am very impatient about progress. Like I need to feel like I'm making progress and spending nine months or three years (laughs) talking for two minutes to a bunch of strangers in a basement is not something I would ever do. I would ever do. And she said, you know, okay, so what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. You go on stage, you're sweaty, you're, you might mess up a little bit, your heart's palpitating. Can you handle that? Will you survive that? Can you handle 20 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes feeling really physically uncomfortable? And I was like, yeah, okay. You're like, yeah. My mom of four boys uh, have done that. Right? You can <laughs> do that. We can all survive that. So yeah. I did it. And, you know, always it's worse in our heads than, you know, people yes. ask me. I did something yesterday and they were like, were you nervous? And I said, yeah, I was nervous. Do it anyway. I, I did I like- it anyway. And it doesn't. Most people don't even pick up on that. I like that you shared that example too, because I too have gotten that exact, you know, Toastmasters thing. And I went to a meeting (laughs) and here's the thing. It is good for a lot of people. And that's back to your original premise, which is we all need different things. We cope differently and that's okay. What works for me is not necessarily going to work for you. And so if we can learn to identify, you know, some of some of our triggers, some of our issues, find some workarounds that work for us, really lean into and appreciate our strengths. Yes. That's going to be a whole lot easier and healthier than beating ourselves up for like, you know, not going to Toastmasters because we believe right. that that's the, the, the one way you have to do it. Right. Yeah. And, the, and I do believe, you know, the people who give these suggestions often are giving suggestions that would work for them. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Or that did work for them. And they're trying to be helpful. They're not trying to like yes. <laughs> suggest they just don't know. And so that's also tough because the more you know yourself, the more you can hear suggestions for people and know immediately what's going to work and what's 
not mm-hmm. likely to work. Mm-hmm. And then that's also setting yourself up for success versus self-doubt and fear of failure and things like that. So clearly you're going to have a whole series of books coming out in the years to come. And we don't have time to get into how this all exactly applies to parenting, but I am taking a very educated guess that um, your children are not all the same style that you are, (laughs) that what works for you doesn't work for all your kids. Your kids are likely a mixture of styles. And I can see though, how first there's this base recognition that uh, different things do work for different people. So I can't I can't parent this kid in the same way. I can't suggest the same thing to this one that worked. How this understanding helps shape and maybe pinpoint some of your parenting to make it maybe a little more smooth as you and your child learn about about each other and, and about themselves. Right. Well, and even taking a step back from that before you even get to like, where, where is my child in this area is, you know, the more that you can be unflustered, the more that you can, you know, not be, you know, uh, you know, feeling like you're, you know, failing or feeling like you're disconnected from the people you care about or feeling, you know, anxious or fearful or in conflict with the people in your life or feeling misunderstood, the more you're going to, you're going to sleep better. You're going to take better, better care of your physical health. You're going to be able to think more clearly, right? You're going to be able to respond more, um, or thoughtfully and consciously and purposefully in every area of your life. So to me, you know, the way I want to help families is by helping moms become the most emotionally healthy versions of themselves. And then, and then the next book is called tour life. And that's more about specific parenting stuff. And that, that's, that also is happening. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll come back on and we'll talk about that. But that's more like actually like, oh, if you're looking to raise creative kids or independent kids or, you know, each chapter has a different quality and it talks about like very specific things. But to me, this book, Unflustered Mom, comes first in my mind because you can have all the best parenting tools on the planet. But if you're walking around like a cyclone of emotional instability and frustration and fear and regret and anger and self, you know, doubt, it's really hard to be the best parent you can be. Mm-hmm. So I want you to help yourself first. Is it's not a it's not a self care luxury. It's not a like oh that would be so nice if I had the time. It's not about that. It, it to me it's really about taking care of yourself emotionally so that then you can really show up because mm-hmm. you can muscle through it if you don't sleep and you're exhausted and you're emotionally spent. You can muscle through it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's going to start to really cause damage in any number of areas of your life. And that's what I, I feel don't like want. we have said this more over the last year, Janet, as both of us have realized it as well. Like you're right. Parenting strategies, tips, good, helpful. But the number one thing is dealing with your own stuff, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. care of yourself. Yeah. And this book is a fabulous place to start, Amber, that you've broken it down in these ways. And I love that, as you said, you bring in the practical tools, looking at that larger life lesson. That's the part, I think, where we all kind of clutch our heart and go, oh, oh, really? I have to do that? (laughs) But we have to. We absolutely have to. If we want to show up for ourselves, for our kids. And I feel like we're in such a generation that is changing 
the emotional patterns, changing what hasn't been functioning very well. Mm. We have the opportunity to do that as parents right now. And we have to. So listeners, get this book, The Unflustered Mom. And I'm going to guess that our listeners would love to take your quiz and find out what kind of anxiety style they have. So please share where our listeners can find you and find all the goodies. If you like Instagram, I'm at official Amber Trueblood. And if you go to my website, which is just my name, ambertrueblood.com, you'll find the link to the quiz. You'll find, or you can go straight to the quiz too. It's at flourishquiz.com. But if you go to my website and you click which anxiety style you are and put in your email address, then I will send to you all of these really cool bonuses. And they include things like a guided meditation specific to your anxiety style, Mm -hmm. a guided mantra that's specific to what you might need to hear as a visionary or as an executive. I am safe. I am calm. I am here. You know, like I belong, Mm -hmm. like these types of things of how you can brainwash yourself in a healthy way. way. (laughs) Right. And I love neurohacks. Like I, I like a lot of, you know, the more typical self-care types of things, but also you'll find some some other interesting things in there too. So there's a whole bunch of really cool bonuses that you can get. And many of them are specific to your anxiety style. So that's on the website. Nice. Ambertrueblood.com. Yes. Amber, thank you so much for joining us. And our listeners don't know this, but we had a little anxiety before we came on to record because Amber's uh, like whole area was out of internet. So we had a little back and forth. So, you know, but we showed up as calm as can be. We did. We made it. We did. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and all the best on your, your book launch and your book series coming up. And we'll definitely have you back. Thank you so much, Janet and Jennifer. It was really, really a pleasure and fun. Well, we all have varying degrees of anxiety and various styles of anxiety. This was super enlightening. I hope that you enjoyed it and that you'll get the book or at least go and take your anxiety style quiz. We are the On Boys Parenting Podcast and we are your co-host Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. She's a visionary and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. I'm an executive and we so much appreciate you, all of our listeners, and thank you too for supporting our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.